Five-Year Mission, the podcast, episode 43. This episode of Five-Year Mission, the podcast is brought to you by Fansets, your home for all things pop culture pin related. Head over to fansets.com and see all that they have to offer. And also stay tuned at the end of the episode for a very special offer from us here at Five-Year Mission. So I'm, I'm uh, in the back room of Hero House. Dale's here running the stories up there talking on the phone right now. So if you hear him in the background, that's what that I is. I highly doubt it. I don't think we'll hear him. Probably not. I hear a little background noise, but it's not. It's not bad. He he gets a little loud sometimes, so we'll see. But I'm high. a little advertising for people to shop at Hero House. So. <laughs> Anyhow, by now you figured out that this is the Five Year Mission Podcast. <laughs> Welcome to Five Year Mission, the podcast, the only podcast hosted by a band called Five Year Mission. And I know that Chris loves when I introduce the show like that, so I'm going to keep on doing it. Anyway, I'm joined today. I'm Andy Fark. I'm joined today by Mr. Mike Rittenhouse, located in the back room of Hero House Comics, 1112 East Prospect Street, Indianapolis, Indiana. What's up? <laughs> as well as Mr. Patrick O'Connor down there in my left-hand corner. Howdy. There he is. Howdy from the practice space. <laughs> yeah. And then down to my bottom right-hand corner, last but also least, Chris Spurgeon. Bottom left-hand corner. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, anyway, we're going to get right on topic here because I know we all have hard outs and uh, we just wanted to get some, some things done here. What's that? We have hard outs. Patrick has a, has, a, has a hard out at 2 p.m. <laughs> Let's not talk about Patrick's hard out, okay? Would you rather me talk about the, the opposite? Oh, anyway, yep. we're going to get down to business today. Uh, we are going to teach everyone how to be a house band uh, because we have some experience with it. And also, uh, we would like to go ahead and announce that we are the house band for Star Trek Mission Chicago, April 8th through the 10th at the McCormick Event Center. You should have saved it for the end as like, you know, stay, to, stay tuned to the end to hear a special announcement. That way they have to listen to the whole episode. Yeah. It's going to go. Oh, you know what? Stay, stay tuned to the end to, for a, a special announcement. You'll fix it in post. Yeah. Fark won't. No, I won't. I really well, won't. Well, that's bullet. You yeah. got to start editing these again, Mike. <laughs> I'm not here to bury I counted them. on you. <laughs> basically uh what we wanted to do was just discuss the ins and outs of being a house band uh we've done it before in vegas we've done it at multiple different conventions not so much as the house band but performing at conventions and um just the weird little steps that we got to take in order to do all this <laughs> so we, we should start with explaining what is a house band yeah, go ahead and do that chris <laughs> so uh, a house band is basically like on a, on a late night show where you know they they announce the celebrity and the celebrity comes out to the house band playing playing some music that is related to that person in some way and that's kind of what we do on stage uh we're we're on stage with um the uh, the mc and where the celebs come out 
And when they're announced, we play a little song and then, uh, you know, walk backstage while they do the thing and we come back and play them back, uh, play them off the stage. So that's kind of the, the house band duties. And every once in a while we'll play a song. If there's a lull, we'll play one of our songs. And uh, that's, uh, that's what it's been like typically thus far. More or less. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah we play it's a lot different. of, a lot of covers, which isn't something we generally do, but, uh, you know, we have to play things like the show themes and we can't just play all of our own songs because not everybody knows that and they don't necessarily relate to the person that's uh, being presented. The the nice thing is that we don't have to learn full length covers. Usually we just have to learn like the chorus. Yeah. And yeah. we just Definitely. play it like an instrumental version of that. We get surprised by somebody who, you know, a celebrity that come, is like super into the song and comes over and, want, you know, just wants to like be involved in the song that we know <laughs> 30 seconds <Right>. of. <laughs> then they want to come in singing, you know. Yeah, yeah there, was, there was the famous moment in Vegas when we were playing the Enterprise theme song, which, of yep. course, you know, has the lyrics. And then Anthony Montgomery comes over and starts about to sing along well, luckily we know mind. that mostly especially that i mean nobody knows yeah anything, we know but, that one you know the first verse in the chorus anyway so i think we are good with that one if it did True. end up continuing oh so um the few the, the the times that we've done <clears throat> <laughs> the times that we've done <laughs> the times that we've done we lost fark you know what maybe that's for the best <laughs> i mean let's let's so the first hurdle the first hurdle for us is always because we're our whole history we've been uh an original band um and we're not really used to learning covers made to order you know so the first part is sort of getting in that mindset of learning somebody else's song and playing it that way and then the second part of it is how do we know how long or short to play it and that completely depends on the convention and how long the guest takes to come out and whether they sit right down or they run around the stage, you know, we just have to be prepared for anything. <laughs> so, yeah, I think I remember the first time we did that. I mean, we took a lot of time. I mean, we took months to, to really get prepared because it was some, it was totally new for us. And we, you know, yeah. we really didn't know. We had no concept of how long we would need these yeah. songs to go on. Right. We, we went longer than we needed to in most cases. We did. And, and we didn't. The other thing we didn't realize is that, um, I mean, I think we did to some degree, but you really have to choose the right part of the song. You know, like the, the chorus isn't always yeah. the most recognizable right. part of a song. And so most there's usually some kind of a riff. Yeah. That's really recognizable. Yeah. yeah. And so we had the we really had to play off of that a lot, um, but we didn't know what would work. That first time and it was uh yeah it was it was well and the other thing we found out once we actually got there was that we had no concept of how loud we were going to be yeah <laughs> and we would play you know we started playing and uh you know we're like peeling the faces off the people in the front row and for us being a rock band that's normal but we had to really you know adjust for that because we didn't we just didn't realize we just had, I mean, that's the, that's the thing. When we, you first do that, you just really don't know what it's going to be like. And I, also a lot of that is out of our control because there is a sound man who has yeah. the ability to turn it up and down. 
And yeah. I mean, yeah, our amplifiers sometimes can be like a little loud, uh, maybe for like the front row, but for the entire room, if it's too loud, I mean, it's not necessarily our fault. Um, no, yeah, I'm, yeah, I was more referring to the people that are getting the stage sound. I mean, if you're sitting, especially in Vegas, if you're way back in the back, you're yeah. going to get whatever sound that, you know, is mixed, yeah. but up in front, you know, if we have an amp that's tipped forward, you know, if it's not rocked back and pointing at us, if it's tipped forward and it's pointing right out the, at, at somebody in front or, you know, even the drums, you know, get loud. So it's, it's, it's there's definitely a learning curve. Well, in, let's, in let, let's, like let's be fair. The drums are always loud. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's for sure. Oh, uh, I mean, I mean, the drums sound, always sound great. They're perfect. What's up, Andy? <laughs> mm-hmm. Every time. Park's back. Yeah. Just He's a trained time. professional. <laughs> So we, we were kind of discussing the, the first time and learning way too long of versions of songs because uh, yeah. they, we ended up only needing like 15 to 30 seconds. And we, we prepared like two to three minutes of every song. Yeah, <laughs> I thought we did more like 30 seconds of every song and we ended up needing like 10 seconds. Yeah, that's yeah. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I think there were a couple a couple times where we just, you know, we were going, we just went too long because we didn't know what to expect. Yeah. And we, you know, Adam um, would be up there. You know, he's the guy that runs a show in Vegas. He'd be up there, you know, kind of turning and looking at us like you guys going to, you guys going to finish anytime soon. Yeah. <laughs> it, we we yeah. learned after like the first day or so yeah. how it worked. I think the set our second day there, the first when what was, what year was that when we were first there? Was that like 2014? 14 yeah. okay yeah, 14. yeah i think i remember when we were doing it i think thursday was our first day mm-hmm. and it just it just felt like a struggle and then we got to friday and i felt like everything just kind of turned around like we figured things out and then by saturday it felt comfortable yeah but man i i just remember thursday just being a nerve-wracking experience just well, the whole day yeah you probably didn't do the penguin on thursday yeah rubber penguin that's, that's true the <laughs> What the floppy penguin? The rubber penguin. Rubber penguin. <laughs> rubber penguin. Yeah, that was a, that was Chris and I's little warm up backstage as you just kind of bounce and forth, bounce back and forth, foot to foot, and then uh, one day we were doing it, and Mike and Denise Okuda were back there, and then and then Mike Okuda started doing it with us. Yeah, and then we all started doing it. Yeah, yeah. just kind of a way to loosen up and and yeah, be a little it's silly. Helpful. Yeah, yeah. It, I mean. I've used it a lot since because it is it's a little silly and it, mm-hmm. I mean, when you get on stage you sometimes feel a little silly anyway because everybody's looking at you and, and you know there's there's a lot of ex, there's a lot of expectation and so doing that prior to going on you kind of get a little bit of that silly out of the way. Yeah, it's, it's kind of like how, how like you'll see newscasters doing the whole like uh, the human torch was denied a bank loan, like the little vocal, <laughs> yeah. goofy little vocal warm ups. It just kind of gets you out of like gets the butterflies out and everything. And you're just like, eh, this is going to be dumb. It's going to be fine. It's, gonna, yeah, it's fine. <laughs> I don't know about you guys, but when the first time we did this, especially, but every time to some extent, it's been sort of equal parts excitement and terror. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> for sure. Well, I, I know. um especially when we do the themes, because on the themes, I do all the, the melodies on the yeah. keys. Yep. And these are not super not easy, simple. especially, you know, like TOS and TNG themes. Uh, I think DS9 is a lot easier because it's very repetitive, but TOS and 
DS or uh, TNG, they just change all over the place the whole time. Yes. And, um, you know, I'll be sitting back in our green room, just like going over these over and over and over again on an iPad, you know, <laughs> like, okay, just trying to get them in my head um, after having practiced them ad, ad nauseum already. And so it's because it's when we're playing our own shows, there's a kind of a degree of flexibility where, you know, if you hit a wrong note or if you forget a lyric or something, we can kind of go with it. And we're still familiar with what we're doing. We just, you know, it's okay. It's, it's not ideal, but we, we go with it. But when you're playing something that's so well known, like, you know, the TOS theme, there's really this, I mean, if you flub, it's it's out i mean it's just this glaring thing out there that everyone notices and so it's there's it's just there's so much more pressure and at the same time there's i I think there's a level of accountability well it's people aren't there for you you know and you don't want to say you're just kind of background yeah exactly you're kind of background so you you do if you if there's a little bit of a, a a mess up it's not that big a deal but still yeah, like Patrick said, you really don't want to sour the experience. Like you don't want someone walking out and be like, "Yeah, it was great," except for they totally screwed up that theme. Yeah, because <laughs> they will notice. <laughs> the nice thing about being there and playing throughout the weekend is we play those themes usually multiple times. Yeah, and you know if we screw one up, at least we have a chance to redeem ourselves. Um, and yeah, like what you were saying, so for a lot of the covers, then that aren't the themes, I'll be playing the lead melody mm-hmm. that I'm not used to, and. Usually, I don't know about you guys, but I always go through the songs over and over again before a show just to be familiar. Because yeah. I feel like if you are familiar with them enough that you don't have to think about it while you're doing it, mm-hmm. then if something goes wrong during the show, it won't mess you up. Yeah. But you know what I mean? With those, you don't really have that option. Like, you're going to be thinking about it while you're doing yeah. it. You know? yeah, it's, well, with, uh, I, I distinctly remember... Go ahead, Mike. Uh, with, with with a lot of TV show themes, uh, it's not that they, re- they they usually don't repeat and they change keys and move around all over the place. And if you get off by just a couple of notes, yeah. you, you just can't get back on because it, the song is like it's it, it's like you know eight eight beats ahead of you, and you're and you're trying to think, well, what am I supposed to play here? And you know, and it's just by by the time you figure it out, it's over, which is what happened with the uh, yeah. quantum leap theme. Yeah, it's- <laughs> in 2014 i don't even remember playing that one <laughs> well i i learned the lead on that and uh i remember working yeah. on it for you know months ahead of time and learning it and we learned the entire thing because in 2014 we didn't know how long we would need to play and uh so mm-hmm. you know we ended up only playing like maybe a third of it but i had like a problem where like my volume wasn't on on my guitar when we started and then by the time I yeah, fixed I it, that. you guys were halfway through it. And I'm like, I don't even know what I'm supposed to play here. <laughs> and then it was over. And Scott Bakula was like laying on the couch, smiling at us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 There's a lot of moments of sheer terror as yeah. I'm looking at the keys thinking, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God, don't screw this up <laughs> with, you know, a thousand people looking at you. Yeah, and also this is probably, you know, for sure the the largest crowd we've ever played to. Like I remember mm-hmm. the high point being when Whoopi Goldberg was there. I think it was on the 50th, right? Yeah. yeah. And like yeah. every seat in the whole 5,000 seat theater was filled. 
And, yep. you know, we're starting to, I think it was, was a jumping Jack flash we were playing. Yeah. 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 But, you know, and I've only played that like half a dozen times in my life. You, know? <laughs> <laughs> you want to be really comfortable in a situation like that, you know, and that was, it was very stressful, but very exciting at the same time. You know, those are my favorite ones. Cause I'm just like, you know, the key parts are really simple. I think, right. um, that uh that theme that we did from orange is the new black i think that was the most difficult that and cheers oh yeah i cheers, forgot we yeah. did that yeah when we did that one that was just terrifying i was like oh my if i screw this up the cheers theme is such a such an iconic theme like oh, outside man. of like the star trek themes that like like can't screw it up can't screw it up can't screw it up yeah. because like everybody knows that theme song and yeah. that was you know i i i'm not um you know, keys isn't my first instrument. That's just kind of what I get defaulted to in this situation. Yeah, that was a nightmare. I don't, I don't, I didn't <laughs> like that. It was just, I found it very difficult. So let's not do that anymore. No more, no more cheers themes. No more yeah. cheers. Kirsty Alley can have something else. Yeah, that says that's definitely the high is like choosing the songs. Like that was probably one of the more fun things like you know cheers theme for kirstie alley jumping jack flash because of the movie that Whoopi goldberg had made back in the 80s and i was pretty adamant about choosing that one and then uh still my favorite my favorite one was when we played simon Pegg onto the stage like last minute with uh with uh, lucretia my reflection by sisters of mercy because he used uh a lot of the imagery and music for it in the movie the world's end and I, I had to teach Noah the baseline actually, because I learned that when I was like 15 years old and just taught it to him backstage. And I was like, Patrick, just, just make some feedback. Chris, just, you know, do the tambourine. And then he turns to us afterward, like after the song, like before he even started speaking to the crowd, he was like, was that Sisters of Mercy? Yeah. And I was, like, I was like, yep. And he was like, he was like, thank you. <laughs> One of my favorites was when we played Robert Duncan McNeil on with a uh, short skirt, long jacket. Oh, in Chicago. Yeah. Yeah. yeah Cause he's the executive producer of Chuck. That's a great riff. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. yeah. And, and he, Chuck. he really appreciated that. It is really cool when the people that you play on notice that you've yeah. put some effort yeah. into it. And, you know, I know that um, we have a couple of times when we've done it, we got suggestions or requirements that were given to us, you know, some oh, yeah, from songs CBS. that we had to play. And per, I, I never feel like those come off as well as when we put some effort into finding a song, even if it might be more obscure to the crowd. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If we put it, put an effort to find a song that works with the celebrity and they like notice it. And that's, that's pretty rewarding. Like, okay, we've done our job here. Yeah. I mean, we know our band and what we, how, what we sound good doing. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah when somebody right. picks like a jazz standard, that's completely out of our experience. You know, it's not going to come off as well as like a, mm-hmm. you know, a nice pop rocker that we can really nail the riff on, you know, right. Some, something like just the two of us. Oh, God. Actually, I thought just the two of us was fun. I really liked I it. It, it turned out I much better it. than I, than I thought it would. Yeah, it was an odd, it was an odd choice though. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Still, so still, also one of my favorites was uh playing uh Walter Koenig and um who was who was with him that day? Uh, it was um, it was uh, Harlan Ellison. Har- Harlan, Harlan Ellison. Ellison. Yeah, yeah. That we did. We played them on with uh, with back in the USSR, and mm-hmm. uh, they they came out dancing with each other. That was yeah, fun. that was definitely one of the big one of the big highlights of that year. 
Yeah. I remember you telling Harlan Ellison you wished that he was your grandfather. <laughs> my, yeah, my my, my <laughs> grandfather. Yeah, he was he was a, he was definitely out of out of all the guests, all the Star Trek alum and everything. Like Harlan Ellison is definitely like my favorite guest that we've interacted with over over all these years. I think Ellison yeah. was one of mine too. I, I great. He was, you know what? He didn't. Um, he was very cordial to us. Oh and, yeah, and and just seemed like he enjoyed us being there and appreciated us being there, which was nice. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Jeff Combs is the same way. He was the, I think that was the first year we were there, and he was the one celebrity out of everybody that came out that actually after he had um had his panel instead of just walking off he came over to us and made it you know just introduced himself and said hi and thank you and that was really i mean we have met him again since and he just seems like a great guy but uh i i think um we don't get a lot of that we get a lot of kind of you know uh passing appreciation and uh, and which is great but it's just really it's really nice when we get it directly I liked that uh, Whoopi came over beforehand and met each of us and shook our hands one by mm-hmm. one and and like you know didn't just like walk past and was like hi guys. Yeah, you know, she, she she took the time to say hello to each of us. She yeah. was a real highlight. Like I think that I never felt as much charisma in the room as when she came in there. In mm-hmm. any other experience, yeah, yeah, it was just magical when she came on stage yeah like, like uh, that's another thing about being the house band a lot of people are thinking it's like you the thing you have to remember most of the celebrities that we're meeting backstage are like five ten seconds long and like yeah. that's pretty much the interaction because by the time they're heading on stage we're already up there waiting for them and by the yeah. time they get off the stage we're still up there well, uh, my wife uh, likes to tell the story about um, simon Pegg actually that she sort of yeah. grabbed him as he came off stage so that he would wait for us so we could meet him. Yeah. And uh and basically this this look of fear in his eyes when she sort of grabbed his arm and she's like, no, come this way. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to hurt you. Don't worry. <laughs> well, and a lot of the celebrities have handlers and you yes. know some of them have a little entourage with them. Mm-hmm. And they're not really and I totally get it. They're focusing on what they're there to do. And that's, that doesn't involve us. Yeah. So that's, that is they're there to keep um, us away from them. <laughs> yeah, like from time to time, you'll have us standing in the back waiting and then a celebrity will come in early. I remember uh, Kate Mulgrew did that mm-hmm. one, one year and she was sitting back there and kind of chatting with us while uh, they were, ha- they had a, a uh, like a cosplay panel while we were back there. It's yeah. so, but that doesn't happen very often. It, right. We don't get a lot of that. It's interesting the difference between some of the celebrities, how they interact with, you know, us backstage versus other ones, because, mm. you know, so, some of them are like that where they have a handler and they, they like hardly even look at you. And then other ones will just stand there and talk your ear off, mm-hmm. you know, like G- Garrett Wong or uh, the guys from Enterprise, like, you know, they'll yeah. just stand there and hang out for like 20 mm-hmm. minutes because they like the fans and they think it's cool. Yeah, just chat. Yeah. You know, I had that experience with um, when we did the Just the Two of Us panel, actually, with John Delancey and Denise Crosby. And mm. I was really excited for Delancey. And he just kind of walked by, didn't talk to anybody. Whereas Denise Crosby, I wasn't super excited to meet. And she was just so friendly and so outgoing yeah. and really nice to us. So it, yeah. it really changes your, you know, your feeling about people. 
Well, it's so funny because you, you, you're never quite sure what you're going to get. Like, you know, like Frakes and things like that, you know, he'll, he'll just kind of mess with you in chat and stuff you know, like Frakes that. Frakes is, uh, my... I mean, even in, even on the dealer floor, he'll come by and is always like really cheery and hey guys yeah you know i, I always enjoy seeing him but, but my what you you chris you mentioned the uh, what, uh kate mulgrew just hanging out backstage during that cosplay mm -hmm. panel it was oh it was it was a makeup tutorial yeah. because that was the year that they had like a sponsorship in vegas and uh i'm just sitting back there watching it on like the same view screen that she was and she just turns to me and just like starts up a little conversation and then she does she goes what are they doing out there? And I was like, oh, it's, it's a whole makeup tutorial. It's kind of like for cosplayers and things like that. And she was like, do you understand this? Do you get why people do this? <laughs> she seemed very confused by something that you would think that she would have seen She'd a lot be used of. To by now. <laughs> yeah, yeah co cosplay seemed to just, you know, the, the fact that people would dress up and just walk around like that. She yeah. seemed very confused by it. It's <laughs> like, why is this confusing for you? <laughs> I think it's, I mean, you know, we're back there, we're dressed up, but we're dressed, I mean, we do it professionally, obviously. Yeah. And I, well, ours I think, is fairly simple. But it, what was funny was there were, um, you know, actually some people that we, we know that were standing back there in full cosplay. Mm -hmm. And she's, she's like, I don't, why do they, why are they doing this? I'm just like, <laughs> <laughs> it was just one of those humorous, weird moments that happens, uh, happens there. But she was super nice. I mean, mm -hmm. And then it's, it's like the people you don't, you don't quite like think are going to be like, you know, stopping and chatting and stuff. Like there was the day that, um, why, uh, when, when Terry Farrell was just hanging out in our green room with her son. Yeah. That was a very surreal just to have Jadzia Dax just sitting back there chilling. See, I missed that. Um, but, but yeah. then you, then you got to get kicked out when, uh, when, uh, Nichelle Nichols, Nichelle wants, Nichols. To, wants to eat a sandwich. <laughs> no yeah. no it wasn't a sandwich they actually set up a table and chairs and a tablecloth and everything and we're in there yeah. like feeding them like like a, like a family dinner chicken dinner <laughs> yeah yeah it is very right. strange so we should probably talk about we should probably talk about how sort of we had the green room right by the stage because it was just made sense because we had to be on and off stage so much throughout the weekend yeah. so we would be the ones in that room all the time so every time a celebrity showed up they would stop by that room pretty much. <laughs> well, there's yeah. two, there's two green rooms. There's yeah. and, and there's a stage door and right across but, the hall from there, there's two green rooms. One of which is for celebrities and one of which is for us, but, but that one doesn't have a ours, bathroom. Right. That, <laughs> uh, like ours, wait, what? Yeah. Ours doesn't have a bathroom. No, no, ours, uh, had the bathroom. ours had the bathroom. Yeah. Oh, ours had the bathroom and theirs didn't. And so they, they would always use our bathroom. Yeah. That's right. well, one of my favorite interactions was I when, when I put that sign on the door that said, all you can eat shrimp and Brent Spiner yeah. came in and he, he like <laughs> laughed at it like that. That was like, you know, one of the greatest moments of my life. I made Brent Spiner laugh. <laughs> oh no. You, 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 you forgot the tail end of that one because you put, you put number one, $2, number two, $5, all you can eat shrimp, 29 ah, and yeah. then, and then, and then Spiner laughed at that on his way in to use the bathroom. And then on the way out, he comes out licking his fingers and goes, Oh, that was delicious. Oh yeah. <laughs> I do remember that. Yeah. He said he had the shrimp. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You know what we should have, if we ever end up in that situation again, we should put a sign-in sheet so we get everybody's autographs as they go to the restaurant. I, th oh, I think we man. discussed oh. that last time. Yeah. 
<laughs> well, now, well, now that we all have like nice video phones in our pockets, uh, we should we should have people video check in. Be, be like, I be like, I'm Jonathan Frakes, and I'm going to go take take a number one. <laughs> <laughs> number one, I order you to take a number two. <laughs> That's right. it, well, we don't we don't want them taking number twos in our green. No, we don't. <laughs> <laughs> See no, people, no, defic- no defecation in the green room. You, you see people who are in charge of Vegas. This is why you need to bring us back. This is the quality of content <laughs> that your stars will receive backstage. <laughs> you know, we are pretty entertaining backstage. I think we're very, I mean, okay. we're, we're very, um, uh, you know, hospitable in our, in our green room. Who was, um, who was the woman that came? She was on Seinfeld. Melanie Smith. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we took the picture with her because she was uh, the uh, shrinkage, yeah, um, per, uh, person from Seinfeld. So that was fun. We yeah, Which, I mean, we get these random celebrity 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 encounters as well that we don't really expect, and that's fun. Yeah, that's a, that's always a good one. Um, now let's go because we're 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 announcing that we are the house band for Chicago. Star Trek Missing Chicago brought out to you by Reed Pop Enterprises. Uh, they've done, uh, they did Star Trek New York. Uh, they've done like a lot of the Star Wars celebrations. Um, looking at the guest list, do you guys have any guest that stands out to you that you're like really looking forward to meeting? I'm super looking forward to seeing Doug Jones again. I haven't seen him. We used to do, when we did the Chicago Wizard World, Wizard World uh, yeah. conventions, um, you know, we, we used to go talk to Doug and he was, you know, he's from Indiana ball state and yeah graduate we i mean we just had it was always fun talking to him and and you know i'd i i even you know he um i've seen him here in in indy a couple times mm-hmm. and said hi and it's i'm just looking forward to seeing him i don't know it's been a long time i mean it's been probably i don't know it's been a long time since i've seen him yeah so i don't know if he even remembers who i am but it, it'll be cool to see him get a get a doug hug no, I have yeah, to say, Will Wheaton. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah we the, the, Yeah, last time we saw Will Wheaton. Um, well, we saw. I, I saw him here at uh, Indie PopCon when he was a guest. But the last time we played him onto a stage was also in Chicago for one of mm-hmm. his panels. Yeah. yeah. And he's another one who's, who like stood there and hung out with us for like ten minutes yeah. beforehand. Well, yeah. yeah, he's a we, Will's known for being like a big music guy anyway. Yeah. Like, uh, like over the over the pandemic, he did a thing called uh, punk rock karaoke, which had like ex members of like Agent Orange and Dead Kennedys and stuff. And he actually did a karaoke version of uh, of Police Truck by, by Dead Kennedys. Hmm. And he's just always posting stuff about music on his Facebook and Twitter and everything. And it's it's just kind of neat to meet like a fellow music head that also you know we've we grew up watching on television <laughs> yeah mike do you have do you have any others you're, you're looking forward to that's on the guest list uh, pretty much everyone from picard who's going to be there there's a few of them right oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, uh isa brionis that played um uh soji mm-hmm. yeah she says she's going to be there and then Raffi and everybody. I can't yep. remember all the actors' names off the top of my head, but yeah. Yeah, the show is still so new. Like, I haven't really learned not only the character names, but especially the actor names. Um, yeah. Uh, the guy that flies the ship, um, the pilot, the, the captain, whatever. Uh, what's, what's his yeah. character's yeah. name? Rios. 
Rios. Yeah. yeah. Is he, Rios. Is he, is, is right. he going to be there? Uh, I don't think he has been announced yet. Okay. If, it, well, if, if he is going to be announced at if, all, I should say. If, <laughs> if, well, if, if he's going to be there, that's cool. I, I really like his character. Yeah. I still know him as Isaac from Heroes. That's oh, right. Yeah. yeah. That is, I knew he looked familiar. <laughs> yeah. He was a painter. In the only uh, season of Heroes, he was the painter. Yep. <laughs> yep. Yep. The, the one season of Heroes that they made. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> he, he got his brain sucked out by Spock. That's right. <laughs> yeah, one thing I'm I'm looking forward to is that we have not done one of these bigger conventions since uh Discovery premiered. Uh, so I'm looking forward to meeting a lot of the Discovery cast, like so especially uh Rap and uh and, and Sonequa Martin Green, mainly because I've loved Sonequa says yeah, she was on The Walking Dead and everything. You know, let's get that out of the way. But her one of her lesser known roles that a lot Rhonda. of people seem to forget is uh Rhonda from New Girl. And I just, I just want her to play a prank on me so bad. <laughs> so you want to get rounded? I want to get rounded. <laughs> yeah, I think, I think a lot of people just forget that I just did a new girl rewatch over the pandemic. So and I was like, oh crap, I forgot she was in this in like four or five episodes. <laughs> oh, I hear Dale in the background. <laughs> Tell Dale to stop trying to sell new comics and get people more towards the front of the store to buy the back issues. For collectibles. Just get a calendar. The the front of what store, Andy? Hero House (laughs) Comics, 1112 Prospect Street, Indianapolis, Indiana, Heart of Beautiful Fountain Square. Uh, We've mentioned a lot of our our favorite experiences as house band. Uh, Are there any that you guys haven't mentioned yet that uh, like something that you really loved? Oh, I know one. The the the, the great keyboard incident. Ah. Oh. <laughs> when we were that was for the fiftieth, right? Yes. And Max Grodencheck, he he played um, in Rom. The, yeah, he played Rom in on uh, Deep Space Nine, and he. You mean this guy? Yeah, that guy. <laughs> he is. Um, uh, what is it? The what do they call themselves? The Rat Pack. Yeah, they, they do like a rat, uh, rat Pack style um, show. And I don't remember what happened, but somebody's keyboard didn't make it there. And so no, it, 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 it blew up. Oh, it blew up. Okay, so yeah, they, they were without keyboard. And so Max gives us a call. Um, he, he's, got, he's got Andy's direct line. <laughs> he calls him <laughs> and, you know, he's like, uh, here, do, do, the, do, do the, the thing, Andy. Andy, Andy, oh, please tell me that your keyboard is still here from your shows. Yeah, so he he calls us in a panic, and we still have our keyboard because, you know, it's not like we have people trucking it around for us. Yeah. <laughs> we we got to schlep that stuff on our own. Everywhere. And uh, yeah. so we come running into the to the auditorium with um, the keyboard, and you know, got a standing ovation, and that was yeah. that was everybody was really excited that that we had it. So that was. That was fun. And, and then we got to hang out at the side of the stage for their entire show. And Arvin yep. Shimmerman kept coming over and hanging out with us. Yep. Well, we got to, didn't we get to go up in the, on the catwalk too? Was yeah. That- yeah. We were just kind of, we were just kind of all over that, that little yeah. backstage area. Yeah. We had a couch back there. Yeah, that's right. <clears throat> Chilling on the couch backstage while they were having their show. So that was nice. 
Who else is in the Rat Pack? It's uh, isn't Jeff Combs. Get, one Casey Biggs, Jeffrey Combs, Armin Shimmerman. Yeah, Shimmerman, yeah, okay. right. Max, That's yeah. th- those guys are are fun to watch. Yeah, they're all they're, really nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they are. Yeah. You know, it is kind of um, it's a long haul as far as being the house band because you have to be prepared for basically ten hours a day, mostly mm-hmm. nonstop throughout the day. Yeah. Um, and I, I just remember, you know, you get in a certain rhythm, you know, where we're kind of waiting backstage, we go on, we come back off. But uh, I remember there was one time where I was really tired and it was like maybe the third day in a row, um, you know, kind of two thirds of the way through the day. And I was just like sitting in the green room with my head back against the wall, kind of half awake. And suddenly I started hearing William Shatner giving an interview on the other side of the wall. <laughs> and it was so weird because it sounded like he was in my head. It was like literally right on the other side of that wall from where I was. <laughs> You're was just dreaming it. Well, if, if I remember correctly, you know, Thursday you get there and it's all, you know, you got all this adrenaline and it's just, everything goes really fast. And then Friday you're settling into a rhythm Saturday. There's just so much going on and you just, you're just, you know, driving. It, it's just it's, a blur. It, yeah. It's yeah. just a blur. And then Sunday is just pure exhaustion. Like yeah. you've gone, you've been out Friday, you know, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday nights. Uh, of course, Saturday night. we're, we're specifically referring to being a house band in Vegas. It's, it's different at other conventions because there isn't so much late night partying. Yeah, right. Vegas, uh, yeah. yeah. Saturday night is just, you know, at three o'clock, you're like, maybe I should go to bed, you know, <laughs> and then Sunday is nah, just, five o'clock is fine. Oh my God. Sunday's rough. <laughs> but um, I mean, you really are exhausted. And the last time we were on the at the 50th anniversary, that was the last time we were there in 2016. Mm-hmm. And that year, not only were we exhausted, but our all the flights got redirected, and we ended up oh, like right. sleep. We were sleeping in the Vegas terminal, and then we got they put us up in rooms. And the next day, they sent us to Detroit, and we had to drive home. Yeah. So I remember, man, I, I remember getting home, and I was just spent for, mm-hmm. for days. It was. I- I the, the Indianapolis skyline never looked so beautiful oh, to me. Man. <laughs> yeah, man, it was. I mean, it's all worth it, but man, it is. It's hard work. That's for sure. I mean, it's exhausting. Absolutely exhausting. Like one of my favorite slash least favorite memories. I guess I'll call it memorable. Uh, was the first year that we were in the house band in Vegas, and there was a sign in one of the hallways that was hanging kind of low. And I decided it was going to be a good idea to try to like jump up there and try to slap the sign, you know, like, so like people will do and uh, wound up throwing out my back. And so <laughs> oh, yeah. I was just laying on the floor of our green room. But on top of uh, that, we had eaten, I, I had gotten the spiciest Indian food in the world. Oh so yeah. Like my, my yeah. stomach was bothering me and my back was dead. And I just had to keep on like, Hey, they're ready for us out there. And I had to just get off, off the floor. Just like, and that was on like a Friday too, or yeah. Thursday or Friday, because I, we, uh, cause we went to, to the Indian restaurant early on. Mm-hmm. I remember. And, uh, and if, if you yeah, ever, I remember if, that you were miserable. If you ever eat at that Indian restaurant at the, the Rio in Las Vegas, sides of rice. And they ask you, would you like some rice with that? (laughs) Understand that you're paying like $7 for a a little bowl of rice. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah, rice all around, please. (laughs) Yeah, because everyone was like, sure, I'll take rice, yeah. And we ended up with like... like Here's your $600 bill. Yeah, 10 sides of rice. Large bill. (laughs) 
And yeah, I'm, I'm really hoping that the food choices in for Chicago are going to be a lot better because man, yeah. that was way too big of a bill. <laughs> the other thing about the Vegas hotel is that everything is about a third bigger than it is anywhere else. Like you go to sit at a restaurant, <laughs> the room is a third bigger. The, the plates and the silverware are a third bigger. Like <laughs> everything is just bigger than normal. Wherever you, like the chairs are larger than what you're used to. Like yeah. everything. <laughs> well, getting anywhere. I mean, you know, we're, uh, I think last, um, last time we were there, we were in one of the, there's like two towers and we're in the tower opposite yeah. of the hallway where the convention center is. And so you got to trek all the way across the casino mm-hmm. and then down this long ass hall and then through like the lobby area and then around the back to where you get the, the stages. And it was just, you know, if you got to, like a half yeah, hour if walk. you got to go get yeah, some it's, lunch, it's, it's like a, it's like ass, a mile, you know? like, like a mile of walking. It's a lot of walking, and you know, in the morning after a long night, and you're you know drag assing down the hall, <laughs> you know, tr- trying to get there in time. But yeah, it was. Uh, it's 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 a lot. Yeah. There's a lot oh, to yeah. do. <laughs> there, there are special but it's fun, man. It, it's it's a blast. There, there are special benefits what were you say, Mike? Uh, for, for being house band, like uh, when they have the parties, like eat, usually on Friday and Saturday nights, they'll have like these special parties up at the top of, of the, the tower on the, <clears throat> you know, on the top mm-hmm. floor. And, and uh, you have to have like a special pass to get into it, like a captain's or a gold's or whatever they call it. And of course, you know, we're just mm-hmm. random guys, but all we got to do is tell the guy in the elevator, we're with the band. And and then they they, they take us yeah, up to the party. The, yeah, we just say we're the we're the house band, and they were like, oh okay, well, and, yeah, and, and we've we've gone up to the party like each year that we were there, even though we weren't. I mean, we were actually playing the party the second year, but the yeah, other years, 2014, we played the party. Yeah, and we we got to go up. I remember going up to that and uh, fifteen, and and somebody had this giant like chocolate tower covered in strawberries, oh. and and they <laughs> yeah. ate the strawberries. Or whatever, and they were like the tower. They yeah. handed me the tower. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and I ate like two thirds of this thing. You, you <laughs> <It was> did. <laughs> well, that was a, that, that was one of the early rules we kind of figured out doing that, especially just like pretty much any convention. Walk around like you belong there. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> you can pretty yeah. much get in anywhere if you just yeah. look like you're supposed to be there. <laughs> yeah. don't, don't tell everybody our secrets. I know, well, right? I mean, <laughs> but, I. This is how to be a house band. They already have to be a, a, a band to begin with to accomplish these things. So basically, this this is going out to like three groups of people that we know. We're, we're looking at you, Boldly Go and Warp Eleven, and and the Roddenberries. Well, the Roddenberries already played Vegas. That's yeah. true. Yeah, they, they they already know. Actually, said so to Warp Eleven. No, that was a, that, that was one in uh, San Francisco, not Vegas. Okay, I I I could remember. I thought it was Vegas. Yeah, that was a, that, that was another creation. It, it was yeah, it was a creation when that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So, so we did the first year that we played Vegas was 2014, and mm-hmm. then we were there as the party band for 2015, mm-hmm. and we just we spent the day at our boot at our merch booth uh, each day, and then we were there for the 50th on in 2016, and then we did a, I think the following year we did the Chicago one, right? Or was it yeah. two years after that? So I think it was the 
I think it was 2017 when we did Chicago. Okay. Yeah. yeah so we we did a, a good, you know, few year block there where we were house band somewhere at least once a year. Mm-hmm. So we haven't done it in a while. So I'm looking forward to getting back and doing one. Although I think this one will be a little bit different. It'll be, yeah, especially when you're working with somebody new, you never know how it's going to be ever. Right. I mean, no matter how many times you do this, you're working with somebody new and they have different ideas about how things should be done. The, the nice thing about playing Chicago though, is that we just, we don't have to load our gear into a plane. And yeah. that is such a pain in the butt taking mm-hmm. all of our gear on a plane. It's so, I mean, you're standing in line and you have, you know, like <laughs> four, five, six, seven, eight bags each. And you have to load guitars and all that on, on the plane. That is, that's yeah. a nightmare. I remember one of the things was we would have to switch the weight around and everything yeah. to make sure all of them were under like 50 pounds or they would charge you extra, you know? Yeah. And I, it mm-hmm. just took us like half an hour to move things around to get them to oh. match the weight. <laughs> Such a pain. We had to, and then we get there and we have to, we, uh, the shuttle, like we have to get a, like a big, did we have to use two shuttles or I, I feel like we, yeah, we did two, two, didn't we? Yeah. yeah. It's just, it's a lot. It's a lot. And then we're, you know, we're trying to check in and we have all this gear that, I mean, we don't have any place to put it, but by the time but we get everything where it needs to be, we're exhausted and it's not even the first day yet. Yeah. It's like Wednesday <laughs> and we don't start until the next day. And it's just like, oh man, we haven't even done a sound check yet. So it's. <laughs> Yeah, it can. It's 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 pretty exhausting. That actually, uh, the they do provide usually a backline if we're flying out to like Vegas, and uh, right. so so we don't have to bring drums or amplifiers, thankfully. But that first year that we did it, we got there and they didn't have anything yet. And right. uh, they 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 I think they finally Nothing. got everything we needed like twenty minutes before the first panel. Before it started, mm-hmm. well, yeah. and we're supposed to have keys. We, we didn't even get the sound check properly. Mm-hmm. They were supposed think. to have keys, and they didn't even have the right keyboards. Yeah, and so I remember that. I mean, it was the first time doing it, and we, I just remember being a little bit frantic. And I was just like, yeah. this gonna, "Am I going to have what I need <laughs> before we we have to start?" That was scary. And then even the, I had a keyboard, but I had to invent what was, what I was using. Right. I had to, like find all the sounds yeah. before, like you know, the day of. That was a uh, how scary yeah that's the, the it's always the thing that's especially now that we're going to be working with reed pop for this house band thing um i don't believe they have had a house band before either so it's going to be a learning curve um for both of us for both reed pop and us because we've never worked together before and um yeah. luckily enough we're bringing our own gear they just have to mic it up and everything but uh still figuring out with them uh how often we're playing what we're playing everything like that so oh. Hopefully the sound person that they're providing and the equipment is sufficient. Yeah. Yeah. But it's nice that we have done this a couple of times, a few times before. Mm -hmm. And so I at least feel like we are comfortable in Mm -hmm. the situation. So, I mean, we've worked with plenty of promoters who had absolutely no idea what they were doing and we just had to kind of guide the situation. And so I think that we're pretty good at rolling with the punches, you know, mm-hmm. and, and, and just kind of doing what needs to be done. So I, I'm not too worried about it, but yeah, I agree. It's definitely going to be a learning c- curve again, because we have to adjust for what they need and they'll need to kind of defer to us for some things, I think. 
Yeah, the nice thing is that we've we've had experience doing this. They have not, and it's not like we want to go in there and like tell them how to do it. But right. basically, it'd be like be like, this is how we've we've done it in the past, and like you know, here's right. this, here's a suggestion and things like that. So basically, you know, that like we can help them move along too, but also you know, we'll be there to enhance the yeah. con goers experience because yeah. this is going to be a big one and plus it it's gives like, them the opportunity to not worry about it also like we know what we're doing so yeah. you don't have to worry about this aspect of it we've got it covered kind of thing. Ho- right hopefully yeah. they'll defer to our experience yeah we'll, we'll see, see. <laughs> it's, it's, it's so far yeah. so far it's, it seems seems like they're pretty open to suggestion when it comes to um like the way it's going to be done so no we we'll we see. want we'll, We'll we see. want you two on that end of the stage and the other two can be on that end of the stage. Can we just put the drum, drummer in the back behind the curtain? Yeah. Well, That's where I you mean, guys always want me out of the way. I mean, the first year we did Vegas, there wasn't a drum riser or it was just us on the stage right yeah. next to the opening where people came out. And mm-hmm. then the following year, um, I can't remember the name of the band that was the house band that next year. You guys remember? It was uh, was that the Sons of Kirk year? No, no, no. it no, was. No. Um, it's not the Rodberries. No, no, I can't remember who it was. But, I just remember uh, they were playing some like really heavy like metal stuff, introducing people, and I was. That's thinking, right. This, this isn't this isn't right at all. <laughs> they play, they're the ones that played Blister the Sun, right? No, that's Sons. Yeah, of Kirk. no, that yeah. was Sons of Kirk that did that. Yeah. Oh, I don't know. At any rate, um, uh, they. I think at that point they had a riser and then when we did it again it's like every time we did it they learned something new and, mm-hmm. and it got a little bit better and so i think um i kind of expect the same thing at this you know where it's not going to be a perfect situation mm-hmm. and we're just going to have to kind of go with it but then if you know if, if they have us do it again in another convention it'll be you know we'll take what we've learned mm-hmm. and and uh collectively yeah exactly so essentially how to be a house band the ultimate lesson is just hire a five-year mission that's right (laughs) so you don't have to worry about it we've done this before listen to the ego on mike well you guys want to wrap this thing up and uh you guys got, got any parting thoughts or parting hopes and dreams for for uh star trek mission chicago coming up eight through the 10th at mccormick center well, it'll be nice to be, I think all the other times we've been in Chicago, we've been out somewhere, not really Chicago proper. <laughs> we've been, you know, outside the city. And this one is uh, McCormick Center is just south of the, um, like the, where the aquarium and the, and the uh, um, Adler Planetarium. Yeah, right. the planetarium are. So it's right there, you know, kind of at the southern, south eastern edge of the city mm-hmm. and so that'll be nice uh, being being right there um i'm looking forward to that yeah uh, and there'll be a lot more opportunities for us you know in the evening to maybe go out in chicago someplace yeah and not you know not like <laughs> like an airport hotel you know right <laughs> we drive down the street to, i think the nice thing about being out there was uh, Giordano's was right down the street. So we went there yeah, all the time, yeah. but uh, you know, we, we have Giordano's here now. So it's, uh, it's not the not same. Quite as, not quite as it's not the same, but it's not, yeah. I think anywhere we go that we really like going all together. 
is kind of, you know, has the same mm-hmm. vibe for us. It's yeah. We always have a good yeah. time when we're all together. Um, I'm, I'm just looking forward to being back at a convention again, since it's been so long and mm-hmm. it'd be good to, to yeah. see, see everybody. I mean, there's going to be a lot of people yeah. at this one that, that we know that we're friends with like yep. uh, Trek geeks and Jim Morehouse and, you know, a lot of other, yeah, fan sets, a lot of people that we know that we've been working with or friends with for several years and we haven't seen them in a while. So that'll be fun. And just yeah. to, just to be back in at, on the stage, because I mean, we, we haven't done hardly anything for the last two years. So this will be two years, two years. Yeah. Two years. Since uh, the world's been on fire. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Which, uh, Oh, I was going to say that earlier uh, when Chris was going on and on. Um, <laughs> Thanks. The, the one, one big difference with, at this convention is that it's post pandemic where everything, all the other ones we did were before the pandemic. So it'll be interesting to see, what's changed as far yeah, as yeah. The, the procedures and you know we, we need or we're uh we're you know we don't know really know what to expect because you know they may have special requirements from us because of that right i understand what you're saying but i think calling it post-pandemic might be a little premature yeah. well, you, you know what i mean i don't mean that it's over i i'm I not i'm not assuming that the pandemic is over that's why i said i understand what you're saying before i said that Thanks for, thanks for giving me a bunch to edit out there. You buttholes. You're welcome. We know you won't do it. Shout out to Debbie Renke, our con mom, who's going to be there. That's right. I actually, (laughs) and her husband, I actually actually, uh, broke the news to Debbie a couple of days ago. She was, she was like, I was thinking about renting a car while I'm in Chicago and driving down to do fittings for your guys's formal dress uniforms. I was like, uh, don't, don't rent that car because we're the house band. She sent me the same thing. (laughs) <laughs> I, I said something similar. Okay, good job. I think My, she asked me early in the week if if Savannah and I were going to be at the convention, and I just said yes. I didn't say, you know, the we were there as the house band. I just said yes, we're going to be there. <laughs> I'm just telling everybody in private. Well, I think that's going to wrap things up. Uh, we will see you guys in Chicago, April 8th through the 10th at the McCormick Event Center for Star Trek Mission in Chicago. 2022. Woo! Hey, do you miss getting new content from Five Year Mission? You should head over to patreon.com slash five year mission and check out our Patreon page. As a patron of the band, you will receive access to rare and behind the scenes pictures and videos and other cool stuff. You will also have early access to many things like video releases or new songs. You can sign up for different levels from Ensign all the way up to Admiral. One of the perks of being an Admiral on Five Year Missions Patreon is that you get to be a producer on this podcast. Currently, our producers are Neil Carpenter, Helen Lake, Debbie Rinke, Carol Jones, Becky and Roxy, Steve and Frankie Palopoli, Madison Rachel Jones, and Jim Morehouse. Your name could be on this list if you sign up as an admiral. So head over to patreon.com slash five-year mission now. That's the number five-year mission. You guys know that company, Fansets.com? Yeah, Fansets.com. They're your home for all things, pins, and fan danglers and everything. 
Let's talk about three brand new releases in the Star Trek realm from them. Walks on a Troy, Adira Tal. Adira is, they are definitely becoming one of my new favorite characters on Discovery. Now you can have them in pin form. And also, speaking of favorite characters, Matt. Thinking to yourself, who the heck is Matt? I was too, but it was one of my favorite characters, Matt, one of the dolphins from Cetacean Ops in Star Trek Lower Decks. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Come on and swim with us. Anyway, head on over to fansets.com, fill up your cart, enter the discount code five year mission. That is the number five, and then all caps year mission, five year mission. You can get 10% off of your entire order. And be sure to go see them in Chicago, because I know we sure will. Fansets. Our pins have character, and we thank Fansets for sponsoring each and every episode of Five Year Mission, the podcast here on the Trek Geeks Network of Podcasts. episode of five year mission podcast if any of you are interested in listening to more of our music you can check us out on youtube or spotify or itunes or pretty much anywhere that you can listen to music just search for five year mission and we should be the first thing that comes up if you would like to contact us in regards to the podcast or anything else that you want to talk to us about you can email us at five year mission band at gmail.com and for more information about the band you can go to five year mission.net and also follow us on facebook instagram and twitter Five-Year Mission, the podcast, is a production of Coconut Media Works. Executive producers Bill Smith and Dan Davidson. For more great Star Trek discussion, discover the other shows of the Trek Geeks podcast network at trekgeeks.com or find us in Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite podcast app. (laughs) 